Previously on the Damage Guild podcast. You begin to hear the yips and cries of the kobolds. A great number of them are spread in the darkness in front of you. Behind them is a gigantic lizard with a kobold riding astride it. And you hear footsteps coming towards the building. We do have the sleep powder. Oh, we could sleep the army. Don't attack yet. Not until we're sure we need to. They've heard something. Quick, we gotta shoot the vile. Asli, you're gonna get us killed. You hear many, many footsteps. Tokus, fire it. Fire it now. <laughs> Do right. it now. Tokus, fire! <laughs> the vast majority of them have fallen asleep. Well, we have some time to plan. Well, like we have time to shoot them while they're down. With your plan, you can just pick out a target, kill them, until the thing has dissipated. Yeah, thank you. So we're going to battle montage. So you make your way across the plaza. The platinum plaza. As you're watching the ceiling and all the stalactites, that big one in the middle suddenly shoots out tendrils. What looks like a giant stalactite that shoots tendrils out? Guys, we never healed me. A really big dark mantle. Yeah, I was going to say, I think dark mantles are too small. They're, they're not very big. I don't know what a dark mantle is. You don't want to find out. <laughs> Just shows your lack of experience, Tokus. I'm really scared now. Sean is really scared. <laughs> Tokus would have probably experienced dark mantles. But it has the word dark in it. You should be... I should feel right at home. Friends with it. Remember that time we fought that thing that almost killed me? I'm getting those vibes again. (laughs) Like all of those? Oh, yeah, that one thing, yeah. Uh, it seems like it waits until the three of you are all pretty much right under it and then shoots tendrils at all of you. Evasive maneuvers. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> Guys, should we have short rested before we came over here? That's probably a good idea. It's a bit late now. Yeah, Stripey has two hit points left. Yeah, I have 13. <laughs> well, Aslo and Stripey are grabbed by the tendrils. Ah! No. <laughs> and now let's go for initiative. Sweet Christ. Let's try to save oh. our friends. Aslo gets an 18 for initiative. 13 for Tokus. Shab is 22, Stripey is 13. Those of you who have been grabbed are also pulled off the ground, and you're now about 10 feet in the air. Yikes. Sweet cripes. Not that far from this sudden mouth that gapes open on the stalactite, and this giant eye that appears gazing straight at you. What? Glinting in the light. Off of my swords. I said, I'm a ranger, never in danger. <laughs> I, I promise I won't complain if you let Stripey go before me. Stripey's dex is a 10. I've got a 13 dexterity. All right. Then on a tie, you would go first. Oh, is that how you do that? Interesting. Mm-hmm. There's no rule, actually. Not in 5th edition. Is that something that previous editions would do? Is that something that they, a rule that they previously had that they took out just to create confusion? <laughs> I like it. Well Seems done. like it. There is no rule for breaking ties. I think it's just however the DM says. Mm. Okay. Stripey and I go exactly simultaneously at the same time and do combo attacks. We become one fighter together with our backs against one another. Tokus and Stripey finally... Uh, <laughs> See eye to eye. Yeah, do the fusion dance. Shaba, yeah. you react first. I will shoot the tendril that is holding... Stripey. Are you serious? Betrayal. Stripey has two hit points, dude. If you had two hit points, I'd shoot the tendril that was holding you. Yeah, well, I recall being blasted by a thunder wave when... I had nothing to do with that. Somebody had to pick between (laughs) two. That was not me. Can I mark this dude? I still have my marking spell, right? My hunter's marking spell? 
Because we didn't short rest? Yeah, but you've been walking a lot. Yeah. So I, I don't think you'd have it at this point. Sounds like by that metric, I do also don't have Hex. Do I want to cast it yeah. again? Uh, do those both have one hour durations? Is that how it works? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Actually, that was my last spell slot, so I cannot cast it again. All right. Um, so I got a 16 to hit. That hits, but it is deflected by the stony surface of this stalactite Whoa! creature. What? Wait, what? Wait, so it hit, but then it didn't hit? So then it was a hit, but it wasn't a hit? We're fighting stone, Shaba. He did say he was shooting the tentacle. Yeah, the tentacular, the tentacular uh, surface. <laughs> the appendage. They, <laughs> they are also very sturdy. Oh my goodness. Shaba, we're going to have to use a different type of damage here, Togus says. Looks like it. Uh, that concludes... No, yes, that concludes my turn. <laughs> that concludes this radio broadcast. Aslo, <laughs> you are right in front of its mouth and staring it in the face. Ah, oh, sweet cripes. How big is this thing? It looks like it comes about 10 feet down from the ceiling, maybe a little bit more. 10 to 12. Jiminy Christmas. Assuming that I saw Shaba's arrow get deflected, I'm going to first make an attack on the tentacle. I'm assuming that's the only thing I can reach. Uh, you could attack the main body where you are now. Ooh, could I go for the eye? Is that close enough? Uh, you can attack with disadvantage, that's right. You can also scream, it's a free action. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would do if I were enwrapped by a tentacle. So you could try to attack with disadvantage, and you think you might be able to break through the tendril through sheer strength, or escape it dexterously. Oh, wow. It's, it is pretty flexible rock, but maybe it's not that flexible. Um... Do I think I could talk it into letting me go? I don't think so. This looks like pure monster. It's probably hungry. Okay. Yeah. We just killed all its food for the next, like, 20 years. All those <laughs> kobolds that it waits around for. <laughs> I will try to wriggle free. Ooh. 22. 22 does succeed. All right. <sighs> You struggle with okay. all your might and slip your way out of the tendrils and fall to the ground. Yeah, I just I put both arms above my head and like suck in my belly and then whoosh, just kind of slip right through, <laughs> fall to the ground. But you take five points of falling damage. Ah, ouch. There's no time for one of us to react to catch you? Not really, no. <laughs> you react by shielding and he bounces off of your shield. <laughs> Softens the landing. <laughs> Wouldn't have taken that damage if you did a barrel roll. All right, that's your action. Do you do anything else? Yeah, I should have done a barrel roll. Um, <laughs> I, uh, any chance I can, well, no, that's my action. Uh, I will glare at it menacingly. Uh, I like it. Maybe you run away so you're out of range of the tendrils. You didn't do your move. Oh, that's true. Uh, yes, I would like to... <laughs> glare at it as I run. <laughs> yeah, I run backwards glaring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I strafe backwards glaring. <laughs> so that puts you about Pythagorean theorem. You're like 30, 35 feet away from it. Yeah, speed 25. That concludes my turn. And it is Tokus's turn. So judging from Shaba's attack bouncing off the rock, even what we thought would be more fleshy, the tendril, what do you guys think about this? So Tokus is like looking at his different vials like, this one, this one, or this one. I got a couple different attacks we could do. I still have some acid flasks. That could work. What's really good against rock? I could also chromatic orb for acid, cold, fire, lightning, poison. Try cold. Try cold. Give that a shot. Cold? Yeah, on a rock? Acid. Yeah, acid I feel like would be effective. But cold might 
make it freeze. But I should start with one of the acid flasks so I'm not using up a spell slot. I have three of them. But isn't an acid flask weaker than a fire vial, typically? Uh, I forget the stats on the acid flasks. But then we'd know if acid is effective, then I should use up a chromatic ore. Okay, yeah, so once we find that, I'll just use my acid breath on it, so that'll solve that problem. You have acid breath? <laughs> no, it doesn't <laughs> solve any problem, because it doesn't matter if acid's good against it, because I don't have any. Shaba, I could give you some of these acid flasks, and you tie them to an arrow. But you only have three of them, dude. <laughs> well, let's use them. All right, so Tokus is going to load one of the... This is what I was going to do anyway, all right? I'm going to load one of the three acid <laughs> flasks into the vial of pulp and let's go let's go time i'm gonna aim for the eye ah. i do need stats on that acid in the eye uh, i forget what the stats were it's acid in its eye what more what more is there to, to know <laughs> yeah uh, i mean we created this like way earlier in the adventure the acid flasks that i harvested mm. where did you get them from i can't remember i should have put that down um, it's below the Violapult, so I think it happened after the Violapult in my character sheet. Actually, there's no way I have three of these. I'm pretty sure I used one of them. So let's say there's two. <laughs> okay, well, this is going well. We don't remember where they came from. I'm going to treat them like standard acid. You harvested them from a, a wild thrumpus. On a hit, target takes 2d6 acid damage. A very poisonous. Yeah. Ooh, 2d6. That's pretty good. What kind of a roll do I make? An attack roll. But what kind of attack? Uh, a ranged attack. Oh no, I'm not very good at that. Wait, why don't why, I don't want to waste these? How about I just hand them to Shaba and I'll just shoot the chromatic warp of acid? Because I'm not good at throwing. I'm much better at shooting. But you could tie it to an no, arrow. Uh, no, that, I don't think that's, that would work. Yeah, that's not how arrows work. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay, is is or is not Shaba better at throwing these than I would? Be. He would be a little bit. Like, does me putting it in the vial pole give me an advantage at all? Like, does it make it easier for me to shoot or anything? Or I thought so. I thought that was the whole point of the vial pole is that you have different types of flasks and vials that you can load up in there. I'd say it allows you to use your proficiency in your attack in case you couldn't before. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do it. Well, I rolled a natural one. Okay. So <laughs> cool. good. Good. So, oh no! <laughs> fire upwards, and the acid flask hits the ceiling and shatters, and streams of acid spread around and fall back down on you. Oh, oh no! Oh. <laughs> right. All right. Let's roll some that damage. Hurts. No, no. It's light enough for the parts that actually hit you. I'm not going to do damage. Just starts eating through your clothes. Guys, I think we have to use something like acid, even though I messed up. The acid eats a bald spot in your wig. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's a fate worse than death. <laughs> Baldness, how will I ever survive? Do you do anything else? I'm going to move away. I'll do what Aslo did. I'm going to run away. Stripey? Stripey will chew on the arm that is holding it. No, you should just try to escape. Shaba, what are you doing? No, Stripey, he's just going just gonna to chew on it. He can't escape from this thing. No. Well, he can try to make the same check. But if he chews on the arm, won't it drop him? Potentially. Potentially, yeah. No, I don't think so. So you can do an attack roll on the arm to deal damage, or a strength check to try to break it, or an escape artist, or not escape artist anymore, but, you know, escape check, acrobatics, to try to get away from it. He has a stir of 13, of 14, (laughs) and a dex of 10, so I'm thinking it would be better to make an attack roll because his stir is very low. 
attack roll with disadvantage or strength check without disadvantage to break it. Oh, oh, it's okay. Never yeah. mind then. Strength yeah. Check. At this point, Stripey's going to serve as a nice distraction. Like the monster might take a turn to eat Stripey at this point. Yeah, he got a nine. Okay, so Stripey struggles with all of his little badgery might. No. <laughs> but the tendril holds fast. No, Stripey! Stripey, no. Please. Please, anything. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Anything but that. Oh, no, Stripey. No, oh. Stripey, please. please oh. no. It's like tying my shoe. Stripey, no. Oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know we can get Shaba a new pet from the pet store when we get back to town. Yeah, let's get him, let's get him something better for his next pet. It's like the conversation Aslo and I are having. Guys, a stripey can't be bought in a pet store. I'm looking for a way that we could maybe save him, but I'm fresh out of ideas. So the creature once again whips its tendrils around at all of you. And it manages to grab Shava and pull you up to its level. Oh, I knew there was something I forgot to do on my turn, <laughs> which was a run away. <laughs> <laughs> well, even the others who did run away are still in reach. Wow. Oh, dang. Holy crap. So it pulls you up, and since it already has Stripey right next to it, it tries to bite him. So, that's a hit. Stripey's dead as a doornail. Probably is, actually. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a lot of damage, Dice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, Stripey takes 24 points of damage. Oh, oh, oh my god! Jiminy Christmas. And he had 23 max hit points? Yes. And two current hit points? Yep. <sighs> he is literally one point away from having been killed outright. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. What? <laughs> Oh. What, what, what's the name of that rule? Because that sounds gruesome. If you take enough damage to exceed your max hit points to the negative, then you die, die. Die immediately, yeah. If he had been at one, then he would have taken exactly, exactly. as many. Mm-hmm. So it's like your, it's your current HP plus your max HP, and if the total of that damage is, is equal to or greater than that number, then you would die, right? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. But Stripey's still alive. Somehow, <sighs> barely. Jeez. He's like a little between the teeth, you know? <laughs> Just stuck between two. <laughs> like a piece of spinach. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Poor Stripey. Shaba. Uh, I guess I try to escape, right? I can do strength or dex. Strength to try to break it, acrobatics or athletics to try to escape, or an attack roll. I punch myself in the face and assume wear rat form. <laughs> and then. <laughs> uh, no, I can't do that, right? I can't actually no. become... I am a were-rat, but I can't actually become a were-rat. Oh, the irony. Unless you embrace your inner were-rat. Yeah. No, but even if I did that, I couldn't. Well, I think you can. Yeah. Because I don't know how. How would I even know how to embrace something I've never held before? You just choose it, Shava. All those visions of cheese and gore that you've been thinking about, you just think about that more <laughs> and more oh, wow. and more. However, the point <laughs> where you finally choose to become a were-rat is the point where it becomes impossible to turn back. So I can't actually be in, turn into a were-rat until I choose to do that? And I think it's like, as it is, you turn into a were-rat at the full moon. Otherwise, once you embrace it, then you can turn into a were-rat at any time, but it's incurable. Oh, okay. Right? Right. Then I'll just try to wriggle out. Just embrace it, Shaba. 
Just believe. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Uh, 21 to try to escape. That succeeds. We have to put his back against the wall, Aslo, before he'll do it. So you slip out and fall to the ground, taking four points of damage. Phew. Now what? Uh, I run away. Bravely. <laughs> bravely run away, away. Brave, brave, so Robin. He bravely ran, ran away. Couldn't you... Oh, you used your action to wriggle out. I was going to say, like, pop a shot off. I wish. But what's the point? You don't deal any My damage. My shots aren't doing anything. Yeah. Do I, am I the only one with a damage type relevant here? It was an AC thing. 16 did not break its AC due to hardness. But you said uh, it hit. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, it's there's a hard. It has a hardness value. Well, okay. no, it's just it has natural armor. Same like if you hit someone with plate armor with an eighteen, it doesn't actually get through. You know. But Thane in D and D, the armor class takes that into account. So either it exceeds its armor class and hits, or it does not, and it doesn't. Right. It didn't exceed the armor class. So. But it, you. But you said it hit. It just didn't <laughs> deal damage due to natural armor. It's just a. <laughs> Phrasing. Flavor-wise. Okay, so it didn't actually hit. It just, like, you know, uh, deflected. Yeah, right. Okay, flavor. Gotcha. Flavor. Yeah. Right on. It was, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, understood. <laughs> In D&D terms, it was a miss. He was just trying to trying to save face. I was, I've just, Tokus and I have been having this conversation this whole time. Like, oh, no, my arrows are ineffective. And that was because of that description. I thought it was, like, not actually doing any damage to it. That's why I'm trying to clear it up now. Mm. Gotcha. All right. Cool. Good to know. Aslo. Is there anything we can do for Stripey? That's really weird coming from me, I know. In the worst case scenario, if he does die, Shaba can bring him back because he has become this magical beast companion. Uh, yeah, but we've talked about this before. At best, he would be a clone, which is like a second-rate copy. It's like when you go to the <laughs> store and you have a copy of a copy of a key and you get that copy made into another copy, That's just it's not the same key. It jiggles in the handle. It doesn't unlock the door. <laughs> Stripey would not be unlocked in his consciousness. Shut up, relax. Listen, this is like that one time when my parents went to the pet store to get a replacement gerbil for the gerbil of ours that died and it looked very similar to the other gerbil and so you thought it was the same one we'll just tell shaba that we rezzed wait are you telling me that you when you were a kid you had a pet that died and your parents didn't tell you that the pet died and they bought another one and that put it like in it. the cage and, and they were like what do you mean it is it's the same one made you think it was the same gerbil if you're young enough it works okay one day, one day, I was Jay, I you might have to use this on your own child. Oh, my God. <laughs> They'd never know. How long did it take you to figure that this out? This is not a true story. This is Until not a true story. I'm just That's using this to describe replacing Stripey, what it'll mean for Shaba. Because Shaba would never accept a clone, but if we just get him another badger from the pet store that looks like Stripey, <laughs> he'll be fine. So what you're saying is that you're not going to actually let me know that Stripey died. You're just yes. going to cast the ritual for Correct. me while I'm sleeping with my hands. That's right. Yep. <laughs> and we'll teach him some tricks that Stripey used to know and like okay. get him interested in some of the same food that Stripey wow. likes. And we'll, we'll, we'll generate some sort of hatred for me. We'll give him all the same kingpin connections that Stripey has. Okay, we, we need to save Stripey, because it's pretty hard to recreate that. So we'll have to rebuild that same enmity all from scratch. <laughs> or Stripey could be good this time. Maybe Stripey and I get along this time. Mm, I highly doubt that, but... He'll probably have a different personality, so that's a plus. <laughs> so wait, we don't want to rescue Stripey? Hey, I mean, we'll never know for sure until Stripey dies, so... <laughs> yeah, what so. happens next, Nane? <laughs> okay, well, it's still your turn, Aslo. 
Oh, right. <laughs> well, you could heal him. Not from a distance, unfortunately. Mm. Oh, well, you could touch me, because I'm at 13. <laughs> Aslo will pull out Mechalola, which I realize lately I haven't been calling it by its proper name. Yeah, pulls I out still, his loot. I still have it, actually. Oh, you do? Yeah. yeah. I gave it okay. to you and then rescinded the gift after oh, that's I chose right. not to play it for the key. Well, he makes a mental note to ask for that back, because he still wants to play <laughs> it sometime. And in the meantime, I guess he'll pull out his gong and just hit it <laughs> to cast his spell. It's my birthday. <laughs> Since he doesn't have a, an instrument to play with otherwise, he will begin to sing. The way you make me heal, the way you make me heal. They really did you wrong, they really did you wrong. They knocked you off of your feet now, now. Knocked you off of your feet. Now all your wounds are gone, all your wounds are gone. <laughs> uh, and then he will cast a, uh, a healing spell. It's been a while since we've had one of your songs. Yeah. yeah. Tokus feels super mega healed by that. <laughs> That's the problem. I have to write these parodies in between sessions. <laughs> All right. I will cast that. You're down pretty low, Tokus, I'm assuming. I was at 13. 13 out of 42. I'm going to use a second level spell slot then. Super heal. So you will heal. Oh, an 8 and a 7. Plus Whoa. my 5 charisma is... A lot. 20, I think. Dang, that is 20. <laughs> Sounds like 20 to Woo. me. I'll take it. Holy Hallenheim, that's a lot of health. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> uh, then I will proceed to run away from the tentacle monster. <laughs> and uh, end my turn there. That's great. <laughs> Shout out to King Seth. Thanks for yeah. making that a thing. We do have to mention that every time we say holy. I like that expression, though. I, like, think of his lizardness. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, Hallenheim's awesome. He's bad to the bone. Yeah, I hope he comes back into the story at some point. If we had accepted Ember Steel's, uh quest to have this. It probably wouldn't have been so bad. We could have, like, been crusaders and stuff. Yeah, who knows? We could still go. You know what? Let's, what the second we get home, let's go all pledge ourselves to Ember Steel. Sure. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. It's the only way we're going to get rid of your, rid of your were-ratism, by the way. Probably. All the probably. other deals were probably. so loaded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or fret with chance. Fraught with peril. All right. That concludes my turn. Tokus. Okay. How far away is Stripey from my current location? He's the same 30 to 35 feet that the monster is, since he is currently inside of its mouth. Okay, so how many feet? Approximately 0.3 parsecs. Okay, I'll, I think 35 feet. <laughs> okay, how high up in the air is that thing again? Uh, it's a little over 10 feet off the ground. With the additional health points that I have gained thanks to Aslo's beautiful song. And just to clarify, so Tokus is already moving towards the enemy. Just to clarify, Shaba, I'm doing this for you and not for Stripey. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate the clarification. So Tokus is going to run up and I'm going to lightning lure Stripey. <laughs> Wow. I thought of it, but after I took my first turn, because I'm an idiot. Lightning Lure does deal damage, which will be an automatic death save failure for him. Yeah, but it's better than him being eaten. That's true. There's no other way we can get to him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Just letting you know, making sure you know. Yeah. So, you run underneath Lightning Lure. He can't succeed on a saving throw, so that's an automatic success. Come here, little buddy. Oh, wow. Now that you have the cowboy boots on... You could use Lobbock's lengthy line to form a lasso and then whoosh, rawhide him and pull him out. 
<laughs> Pretty sure the lightning lure is like my best option here. We left Lobbock's lengthy line up at the hole where we climbed into. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, so we did. <laughs> so that used up your full turn, though. Yeah. Except for a bonus action if you have one. Do I have any movement left that I miscalculate? Do I have like five feet of movement? Because my speed's 25. No, you ran away the but... full distance and then you ran back the full distance to get in range again. Okay. Have you second winded yet, Tokus? I could, but I might waste some of the healing. I'm at 33 out of 42. Oh, okay. That's right. You, you just got a bunch. I don't want to do any overhealing. So let's space those out. Yeah. So I'll, I'll grab Stripey. Is he like under my arm unconscious? Yep. Dude, that was epic. Yeah, that was super awesome, actually. You're going to be my hero for the next 30 minutes, at least. (laughs) Yeah, what's the point of being Indiana Jones if you're not going to use your whip to do all kinds of cool stuff like that, you know? (laughs) For real. It's true. Exactly. But now now I'm going to be eaten. (laughs) Stripey's turn for a save. He has one failure. Oh, boy. Oh, another failure. Oh, oh, no. I don't have any spell slots left, or else I'd run right up and cure him. Uh, does anybody have spell slots left to heal Stripey? Was this a waste? I do. Okay. Well, we have to get him to you. You'll at least have his body if you can make it away. Do we need the body to do the ritual? I don't think so, technically. But I'm sure Shabo would want it. Bury, yeah. yeah, bury him. Let me know if you're making rolls against me, please. Yes. Two of the tendrils go for you and would grab you. I would like to shield. That boosts your AC up to 23. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because I'm... Well, I, my shield's out, right? Or is that away because I'm holding stripey? You have your shield out. Okay, so yes, 23. Your little expanded shield bursts out to the side and blocks the two tendrils as they try to grab you. <sighs> nice. And Shaba is just barely missed by the other two. Oh, man. Aslo. Yes? Another tendril comes out of the dark behind you. Oh, no, it's got ground tendrils. I knew it. You see a stalactite fall down and slams into the ground right next to you as you're trying to run away. What? What the heck? It has children. And you see it slowly begin to right itself to have the spiky side up. What? But it still looks like a regular stalactite, though? The cone part on the outside does. You think the part that would have been broken off from the ceiling... Looks a little bit odd, maybe fleshy. Ah, uh, okay. Got okay, it. I should have done this a while ago. It's time for me to make a do I know what this thing is check. <laughs> uh, oh, natural 20, plus 3, nature Hey-o. check, 23. You have some limited knowledge of these things. You recognize that the big one is what is known as a roper. Oh. I have heard of these. They typically disguise themselves as stalactites or stalagmites. They grab unsuspecting victims and just eat them whole. Mm. They are also, from what you know, the adult forms of what are known as piercers, which are smaller stalactite-like creatures that tend to just fall down Uh, from the ceiling and hopefully impale something before eating it. Wow. (laughs) Jeez, dude. I've heard of ropers. Never fought one, though, I don't think. From what you know, also, this thing is probably out of your league, if that wasn't already apparent. Seems that way. Hmm. Yeah, I was thinking we would just run after I got stripey. Yeah, we really haven't done much damage to it, to speak of. Any? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we have no idea what armor class this thing has, Shaba. And you didn't deal damage with a, what was it, a 14? 16. 16? 16. I mean, this thing is probably just as armored, if not more armored than me. Do we want to run past it, like keep going in the direction that we were going? Well, no, I've already run back, and so has Aslo. It's a wide-open plaza, so you could easily walk around it. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, then let's do that. 
Yeah. Can yeah. we walk outside of its radius of grabbing, potentially? One would hope it doesn't have infinite tendrils. Yeah. Let's run back the way we came, regroup, heal, and then we'll skirt around. Yeah, we def needs a short rest. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, we could skirt around the edge of the plaza. Yeah. Well, uh, that's all well and good, guys, but I'm right underneath it. Shaba's turn. All right. I stalwartly uh, run. <laughs> and then I'm. I you think keep I'm using that word. I do not think it <laughs> I means do not what think you think it, it means. means. I'm going to run thirty feet back, and then I'm actually going to try to take another shot. I'm going to aim for center mass this time. The the eyeball. Yeah, the eyeball. You weren't right under it before, right? You were already some distance back. No, I, I was already thirty feet away. So you're actually about the same distance as Aslan now, a little bit farther. Okay. Um, that is an 18 this time. 18 is still not enough. Wow, okay, yeah. Where I I don't like fighting this thing. All right. <laughs> Man. Jeez. The arrow bounces right off its carapace. Aslo? I continue to run. Can you ready a heal? Because without your heal, like, Stripey could die in this next turn. Yeah, Stripey uh, has one true. more death save and is dead dead. I mean, if you don't ready that cure, there's a good chance he's toast. Because I'm going right before Stripey, correct? Yeah, so you should take one move back, then ready the action, and then Tokus, you move, move to him. I'll, yeah, I'll dash. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Movement, run away, action, ready to heal. Stripey. If you run any farther than you are now, you're not going to be able to reach him. Yeah, my dash is only 50 feet. Yeah, so you have to stay put. But you think you're out of reach of the tendrils? At least none of them attacked you last time? Hmm, okay. I mean, worst case scenario, if we're all clustered and it goes for somebody that's not me, I can invoke disadvantage. So, And if it goes for me, I'm the one that has the most HP, and you guys don't really care if I get eaten anyway, let's be honest. <laughs> no, I would I would very much care if you got eaten, Tokus. Your armor would just get stuck in its teeth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd give it indigestion. Mm-hmm. You'd be very hard to digest. Tokus's turn. Okay, uh, I have Stripey under my arm like a football, and I'm just going... 50 feet dash to Aslo. Stiff-arming stalactites. Yeah. Heismaning. Yes, everything. <laughs> Get out of the way. I'm coming, Aslo. You better be ready. Circus bears start popping up. You stiff-arm them, too. <laughs> Get out of the way. Other piercers drop from the ceiling, crashing all around you. <laughs> okay, so I'm dodging the piercers. <laughs> Vaulting over them. What are these things? <laughs> Actually, I'm not joking about that. They do start falling around you. Oh, okay. Oh, do I have to roll? <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do I take a hit? One of them manages to hit you. It predicts your trajectory well enough that it can strike. Oh my goodness. Am I dead? How much damage would that deal if like a piercer just like went right through me? <laughs> <laughs> Probably a lot. Probably a lot. It's like that scene in uh, Hot Fuzz. Anyway. Did this oh, just yeah. take off my arm? <laughs> yeah, when they're fighting in <laughs> top the, of the... the model village. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking of the when the guy pushes the steeple, and it just, Yeah, like... it's, the, it's the model village. All the buildings are really small, and so the church steeple is, like... Oh, no, I'm thinking about earlier in the movie, the the, guy, the bad guy's on top of the, the church. He pushes the block over, and the stone pyramid-shaped thing falls point down and hits the guy in the head. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Several of the piercers fall all around you. One of them manages to strike true and deals 13 oh, points of damage. Oh my goodness. Oh. Oh, I'm still alive. But you do arrive at your destination right next to Aslo. And I present the football, I mean the, the stripey. <laughs> I present the stripey to Aslo. The yeah, stripey is really almost as big as you are. 
at this point. I present the strength. <laughs> <laughs> and I give him a heal. Oh, so sad. Well, I rolled minimum, uh, but he heals six. Okay, that's something. So, I mean, yeah. for striking, that's a good amount. And it looks like everyone has cleared the danger zone. Oh, its tendrils flail around again briefly, but <sighs> since it's unable to reach you, they quickly retract back into it, and then it just sits there and remains motionless again. Mm, man. I wonder how many people that thing's eaten. Probably all of them. A few of the tendrils reach down and pick up the fallen piercers, place them on the ceiling, and then it withdraws back into What? Oh, it's little babies. <laughs> wow. That's extra creepy. Sometimes you just gotta pick up your little baby, keep him out of trouble. So that didn't go so hot? Mm, nope. Yeah, I never want to go in another cave again. <laughs> <laughs> I say we take a short rest. Yeah. Yes. Heal up a little bit. I need to take a short rest just for the sole purpose of snuggling Stripey. <laughs> because that was just... Because you thought you were going to lose him? I thought I was going to lose him again. Riddle me this, Chaba, not to like gloat about my idea with the lightning lure. Did we have a plan B? No. Nope. Your plan was the only plan. Oh, man. <laughs> and I get down on uh, one knee before both of you, and I say, I owe you my life. And to signify this momentous occasion in which both of you have worked together to save Stripey's life, I present you these, and I take out two medallions that I've been working on that are just like the first <laughs> ones I gave you, except they're twice as big and heavy, <laughs> and they both have your faces on them. Do we swap these for the other bling? No, they just have, it's, it's a medallion of you that you wear, because you are so great, and you're you. So you just wear a big medallion of your own face right on your chest. That way you never right. have to, and it's got you on both sides, so you never have to worry about it flipping around. Well, I'm going to flip my other medallion Shabba side up. <laughs> Pretty sure it's been Shabba side up for the last, like, three months, but... Yeah, Asla, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I gotta, gotta work on uh, party morale here. <laughs> Company morale is low, but hey, we just survived, you know, getting eaten by a giant stalactite, so there's that. <laughs> I'll, I'll wear it with, with pride. Tokus pride. Pride in myself. That was a clutch idea you had there. Yeah, but without Asla being able to heal it, it would have done nothing. Without such mutual disdain for Stripey. You would have never had to... Look, we did what we had to do. Plumb the depths of your soul to come up with the gumption to actually go through with that. Listen, we did it for you, Shaw, but we didn't do it for Stripey. We did it for the company. Yeah, we did it <laughs> for the company. <laughs> Azzo did it for the company. That's right. I did it for Shaba. Tokus did it because he didn't want Shaba to be distraught and turn into a were-at and eat him. Yeah. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, if you had an emotional breakdown right yeah, now. If Stripey had died, I would probably have an emotional breakdown and turn into a were-at and eat both of you. But then if you were a were-at, maybe you would have been strong enough to fight that thing. Then I would go back and rip it to shreds. Yeah. <laughs> Vengeance. Nonetheless, we have curbed certain disaster. Live, laugh, love. Roll for initiative. The Damage Guild Podcast. Hey, all you grandmas out there. Thanks for finally coming to check out our show. Remember way back when your grandkids told you to listen to us after we suggested that they do that several dozen episodes ago? No? Well, you must have got here somehow. Silly grandma, you and that memory of yours. So anyway, welcome. Your grandkids are the greatest, aren't they? They're so cute I could just pinch their little cheeks all day long. 
Well, if you're one of the people who told all your grandmas about the DGP, thanks. And to the grandmas themselves, welcome to DGP Nation. We're going strong and we're glad to have you. Speaking of going strong, did you know that the DGP is now on the Insta? That's the hip way of saying that we have an Instagram account. Well, Instagram wouldn't let us do Instagram.com slash Damage Guild. We're still disputing that and trying to get that worked out. But for now, you can do Instagram.com slash Damage Guild in the web browser or device of your choice, and you'll get to our Instagram page. Or you can just go to Instagram and search for Damage Guild, and we'll come up somewhere in there, I think. Don't hold me to it. But just go to find us on Instagram and click the little heart thing every time we make a post, because it's very important to have all the hearts when you're on Instagram. That's what they tell me anyway. Also, if you like Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or Twitch, we have places there that you can go and click on things too. So please do that and please click a lot of things because the more clicks that you make, the more that it means that you love us. We also have a lot of things on our website that you can look at if you like the show and want to learn more about it. We reorganized our navigation at the top so it's a little easier to look at and get around. There are pages about how we started the show, a little background on each of us, and you can check out our shop, which has lots of great shirts and bags and pillows and cool stuff that's related to the show that you can wear around and only you will get the inside jokes that's on your shirt and people will be like, what does that mean? You'll be like, sorry, you're dumb unless you listen to the Damage Guild so you can't know. Or you can be nice and just tell them so that maybe they'll come and listen to us for themselves and have fun like we all do together. And as always... Our patrons are the number ones. They're the suns out, guns out of the Damage Guild, and they make every day special here at DGP Nation. So if you haven't checked out our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Damage Guild and consider becoming one of the few, the proud, and the fabulous. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love all of your faces, and we'll see you in two short Mondays. Enjoy the rest of this episode. You are listening to the Damage Guild Podcast. All right, let's bust out the campfire and Tokus, uh... Oh, I don't have my fire starter anymore. Okay, well, where do you go to camp? Out of reach of that thing. Because right now you're just, like, <laughs> 60 feet away from this. Why don't we go back to the city? How far away was that, the city? You're still in the city. This is just a plaza in the middle of the city. Hmm, where's the nearest building? 80 or 90 feet away. Yeah, we find the nearest intact building, and we make this house a home. Yeah. And we don't need the fire starter because I pull out the bowl of fire. Uh, oh, yeah. And we don't need a cook pot because we have the savory self-cooking stew pot. And so I put that savory self-cooking stew pot over that fire that it doesn't need in order to operate, and we <laughs> cook up some plain, plain stew. <laughs> Guys... We have some really great magic items. I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> we do. We might not have, you know, magic weapons or magic armor, but we can make a mean fire. That's right. We have some really cool magical boots now, though. That's unlike true, those yeah. other magical shoes that we have from earlier in the a- adventure. Shava looks down at his feet. <laughs> I'm just kind of like, oh. <laughs> but they feel so nice. I mean, at least they're comfy. They are comfy, though. Gotta give them that. And my feet feel great after spending, like, half the adventure in those. Yeah, I'm sure. You guys aren't super wounded, right? Uh, I am not. Stripey is way super wounded. Stripey can also short rest with his hit dice. Ah, Sweet, cool. Stripey's hit dice would be its starting amount plus one for every level of yours after third. So it has only three hit dice then. Oh, okay. So he, all right, so he spent all of his. Also, I 
when we rest, I make sure to get Mechalola back from Shaba. I don't know if it's that simple. Hey, Shaba. Yeah. I um I need Mechalola back, please. What's Mechalola? Wait, what are you talking about? Uh, I so I used to have this loot and. It like mm, di- appeared in my hands one day, debatable. and then it, then it disappeared. I don't, I don't remember that. And then no. I, I don't know. I just remembered the other day that you like took it from me. I don't remember that actually. I don't recall. Yeah, that's a strong phrase. Yeah, as take? like taking yeah, I something. I don't know that I really agree with that. I had a flash of a memory. I feel like your use of that word is a microaggression against my kind. Yeah. So the way I remember <laughs> the whole Mechalola thing going down was uh, we made you a gift. Hmm. And we wanted to give you said gift, right? I look at Shaba, I'm like, right, Shaba? Yes. Right? But he was unworthy of the gift. That's right. <laughs> and you weren't ready to start playing music again. That was kind of the... It's like one of those gifts like that has like a pretense behind it. Think about if you got your child like a new car. Yeah. And then your child turned around and told you, well, I don't want to take my driver's license test... You can take it back to the store. That's basically what you did to Mechalola. Yeah. Like, we made it for you to play a show. Right. And then you yeah. said, no, I don't want to. It's like an, on Goatsmith's morning when we would wake up when I was a kid. <laughs> and my parents would, like, have all the presents hanging from the very top. The goat legs hanging the, from yeah. the mantle with care. <laughs> from the very top branches of the, of the goat bush, the Goatsmith bush. <laughs> and we wouldn't be able to reach them. And they would say, did you climb... Five mountains yesterday, and we would say no. We only climbed one, and they'd be like, "Well, sorry, then you're not worthy to get this present." Well, how about this one? Did you jump over eighteen chasms last week? <laughs> they'd say, "No, I only jumped over two. Man, Goatsmith is a really peculiar holiday. And they'd say, "Sorry, you don't get that one either." And so they would go on yeah. down the list until we had proven our physical prowess that we were worthy to receive those gifts. And the same thing is true of Mechalola. You will not get it back until you have proven that you are worthy of it. <laughs> It's like when you give someone a gift and then you, like, take it back, kind of. Yeah, that's exactly what my parents would do. They would just show them all the, the pretty, the <laughs> sparkling pretty gifts way up high where we couldn't reach them. And say, they'd say, sorry, you're just not good enough. Yeah. As opposed to the kind of gift where it's like, here you go, I'm going to give this gift, and it's up to you what you do with it. Right. It's definitely not that kind of gift. Okay. However... This is also a gift that you made using his own loot that you stole from him. <laughs> <Is that>, yeah. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's down a loot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what did you have in mind to do with this quote-unquote loot that you that you claim exists? Yeah. What are you going to do to earn Mechalola? I, you know, I just think that my... Really, my spells, especially my healing spells, would really be improved with having, you know, an actual instrument to play that I could accompany with hmm. singing. And you, so you wouldn't hmm. feel self-conscious about performing in front of, say, us, if that were the case? You know, only time will tell, Shaba. Okay, cool. Well, then only time will tell if you're getting your loot back. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, Java, give it back. You know, and I start reaching you know, for it. It's, it's, it's tucked away in my back. No, see, the thing the thing that's cool about a loot, I though, start walking behind you. <laughs> I turn around <laughs> in a circle. The thing, I keep, keep going. I keep going as well. <laughs> see, the thing that's really great about a loot 
is that you can buy one in any music store across the realm. <laughs> so they're really easy to come by. But that would mean spending money, Shaba. That's ridiculous. Well, I'm not going to spend <laughs> money. Well, the thing is, you can also steal them from any bard in the realm as well, because bards are, <laughs> as, as we all know, very unprepared to defend themselves. Uh, so, like Flugaby Fago. Exactly. For example. Like a legend, okay. the legendary bard Flugaby Fago. Did we clarify if the Mechalola has any special powers? Because, like, we... You added a music box to it. It has the special power of being able to rock, Tokus. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was my special power. But no, uh, so, yeah, I incorporated my music box into it, so I don't have a music box as long as Lola exists. Right. We also put a smoke machine in it. We put uh, ivory inlays in the fretboard. Mm-hmm. It's got, like, wings. Yeah. I don't think you could afford all that stuff. We added sustain to the, the headstock. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, we gave put, me a pedal board. We put special locking tuners, yeah, with a pedal board. <laughs> I feel this is an appropriate time to remind Brian that the origin of that loot, in case you weren't thinking of it already. Mm. What? Yes, that's true. Mm. Huh? That's true. You know something we don't? I'm just reminding him of his past. <laughs> yeah. Oh my, mysterious. Oh. Very mysterious. Are you going to cry us a fountain so we give you back your instrument? Is that what's going to happen? Perhaps. Why don't you uh, pick up a starter lute somewhere and uh, strum a couple of tunes on it, and then we'll we'll see if... Yeah, we're being really insensitive about his lute because we don't know bits and pieces of his past. Yeah, we, we may not know how important it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think after that last mental breakdown, though, it just kind of like skipped his mind up until mm-hmm. now. I think it's finally coming back to him. Yeah. Well, let's let's finish out this adventure and then we'll see. We'll talk about it again. <laughs> so, like, as we're walking around the plaza, like, we're having this conversation and, like, Shab was, like, turning around trying to <laughs> yeah, walking in circles. Aslo off. I'm like, guys, this is serious, though. Like, look, that thing could, like, come down and eat us at any second. <laughs> true. We you should, guys are playing around. should be a bit more conscientious about this. Yeah. Aslo, why is that loot so important to you anyway? I just, I need it back, okay? It's super, super important to me. That's all you need to know. It's just too much fun to play keep away with you. <laughs> like, why Why should we give it back? Well, yeah, we've had it all this time, and it hasn't mattered. Yeah, why is it such a big deal now? Because that's, like, what I do. That's, like, my thing, playing music. But at the same time, you haven't done it in a really long time. So it's not really what you do if you don't do it. <laughs> I've only been able to sing. If I had my lute, then I could do really good song music playing. Well, that's what we've been hoping for this whole time. So if we give you back this lute and you don't sing and play the lute, then there's no point in you having it. Exactly. So you have to give me back the lute in order to, for me to play the song. So you're going to play the songs. Yes, totally. You're going to play a sick medley of sweet, sweet rock solos. A super legit jamming medley. Perhaps a little blues thrown in there. You promised to use the music box attachment. Otherwise, I kind of want to get that back. Yes, <laughs> I, I do. Okay. All right. All right, then, Asla. And I take off my pack and... Wait, wait. Can we present it to him together? Uh, yes. I reach deep... Yeah, I'll put, I put my hand on it, too. Deep in... No, it's, it's, <laughs> it's way, way, way down in the, in the pack. I reach all the way in to my elbow, to my shoulder. I stick my head in my pack. I, I, I get up on, off of my feet so that they're just my legs are just dangling out of my pack. And then all of a sudden, I disappear into my pack. Shaba? Where'd he go? And then the next thing you see is my arm sticking up out of the pack with the loot in my hand. 
And then I climb out of the pack and I kneel down and I pull Tokus onto my lap. And then we hold the loot together and we present it to Aslo. I, I know he's going to make us proud. And yeah, and then when he first reaches out, we pull it back real fast. And he keep it out of his hands. And then we pull it out again. And then we do it one more time and then we finally give it to him the third time. Okay. I reach out with both hands. And then we take it back again. <laughs> no, just kidding. We give it to you. Then I swipe it out of your hand. <laughs> yeah, do you really want it? Do you really want it, Aslo? Okay. That last Mechalola back in my hands. And then he, like, transforms into, like, a thunder god and flies away. He's <laughs> like, he didn't tell us about that from his past. Yeah, no, he holds it up and lightning strikes the guitar and it begins to glow with an otherworldly light. I knew it. Thanks, guys. I'll do you proud. All right, let's see it. I mean, it makes so much sense. How else would he be able to cast that thunder wave spell if he wasn't previously a thunder god? It's mm, true. Well, you have to, you have to turn around. You can't watch me. What? Be a thunder god? That's the whole point, was that you wouldn't perform in front of anybody. Aslo, look, we're your friends, okay? We're not gonna uh, all correction. of a sudden... You're my employees. Okay, Aslo, we're your employees. <laughs> we're not gonna all of a sudden stop being your employees just because you strum a few notes that may not be perfect, okay? You should know that by now. We've been with you this long. We've been valued, valuable employees and loyal employees of the company. We're not gonna turn our backs on you. This time. So I get out the rule manual that Tokus has been working on, and I hand it to Aslo, and I say, I need you to flip to page Z67. Wow. <laughs> that is an odd numbering system for those pages. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I came up with that. That's really weird. <laughs> it's right after X42, the next page. <laughs> and on that page, it has a contingency. It reads something like, if Aslo is ever to reclaim Mechalola, he must be willing to play it in public settings <laughs> and in front of his... Patreon. So you've just unlocked part of the contract, Aslo. Mm. I've been work. I've been working on this part of the contract the whole time that you didn't have your loot. The only way I can build up the courage to play in front of people again is with practice. That means you can practice in front of us. <laughs> it was part of the deal. The part of the reason why we gave it back to you. And it's part of the contract. If you breach that, I become the new sole proprietor of the Triple Eighteen. Read it. <laughs> wow. That's what it says. Haslow pulls out a pen and crosses off that section. <laughs> oh, dang it! All right, well, he gives it back to you. That's true. He is legally allowed to <laughs> to, to amend void the, any part the, of the, the manual. <laughs> yeah, but so am I. So like, we have like a little like legal war where like I'm writing, keep drawing over top of each other, and then you're writing amendments, <laughs> and then I also then amend your amendment. At any rate, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tokus is good to go. I mean, I don't have Hex anymore, but... Yeah, I don't have any any spells left, but... I'm back at max, and I do have a few spell slots left. Well, then let's press on. But first, you're solo. And I cross my <laughs> arms and start tapping my foot. <laughs> I turn my back to you guys and go... And then turn back around. Dude, that was a sick solo! That was so cool! Thanks, guys. Sweet. All right. I put on my uh, okay. lantern helmet and I headbang, even though the song's <laughs> over. And then I shut it off and we continue. Yeah. And, and seriously, Brian, don't forget about the music box component accompaniment system. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I when I solo, I turn the music box on. Oh, so it's like sweet. Ding, 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 and then I'm like... Ding, 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 ding. So it's like Mary had a little lamb and you're like... <laughs> exactly. That's so cool. <laughs> All right. Are we through? 
We continue. Yeah, I think so. All right. So we circle around the plaza this time, giving it a wide berth. As wide as possible, even. Mm-hmm. Circle all the way around the plaza, making sure to watch the ceiling for any stalactites or imitation stalactites that might be there. You make it to the opposite side of the plaza and continue walking down the road. Wow, that was easy. That only took like an hour. Dang, dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is a big plaza. <laughs> Had enough time for us to have that whole conversation. <laughs> After another 20 or 30 minutes of walking, you arrive at your destination. In front of you is a pair of large metal doors set into the natural stone wall of the cavern. They bear the shield and spear of Embastil. You can just make out arrow slits on either side of the doors. And one of the doors is slightly ajar and hanging at an odd angle. Ooh. The symbol of Embastille is actually a spear arranged diagonally behind a shield, and the shield has a big head of a bear on it. Mm. <laughs> a circus bear. I knew it. That's why yes. it was marked bears on the obelisk. Ah, I see. Because the circus bears have taken up residence here. <laughs> and left their mark on the door. <laughs> the bear symbolizes both the protection and the strength of Embastille. So. Uh, yeah, that too, but mostly because bears live here now. <laughs> Circus bears. All right, well, let's go in and see if we can make friends with these bears. You approach the door and push. The hinges groan loudly, and the metal scrapes against the stone floor as you struggle to push the doors open. Uh, stepping through, you enter a large entrance hall opening to the left and right, and supported by two massive pillars, one on either side. Another pair of double doors is set in the wall ahead of you, and single doors are just visible in the far left and right walls of the chamber. Stone benches are set up in the corners of the room, facing a series of reliefs on the walls. Wow. Aslo, you need to come clean with us. Okay, what are we here for? Come on, you wouldn't drag us to this weird, crazy caves if there wasn't something in it for you. What's here? <sighs> All right. The treasure part was true. I mean, there could be really cool treasure. I mean, we've already found some really cool treasure down here. But the main reason I'm here is to find something the priest told me about. The priest in glass rock. The priest in glass rock, yes, indeed. The thing I seek is here in this temple. Is this going to make you a whole lot of money? Is this is this it? No. Is everything you do motivated by money? Okay, well then let's hear it. And Tokus folds his arms <laughs> and he's like, all right, let's hear it. No, not everything I do is motivated by money. Other things are motivated by food, which can be bought with money, or uh, clothes, which can be bought with money. This is something more personal than that. Glory, which can also be bought with money. <laughs> bought with money. Yes, love, which can also be bought with money. <laughs> true. Uh, well, yeah. not the kind of love that you take home to mama. That's true. You guys know that my, my past is not as clean as I wish it was. Oh, great. Well, you're a stone-cold murderer. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, you didn't have to say that. But thanks for bringing that up. Did you throw a knife into some other lady you didn't tell us about? <laughs> no. is like on the ground, like rocking, like <laughs> holding his knees. No, that I, there's I, there's nothing else that I haven't told you guys. There's no, no other secrets, no dark secrets. Well, then, okay, well, then what are we here for? Just tell us and then we can go get it and get out of here alive, okay? I'm here to find out what's going on with the people that I love from back home. You could have just sent a postcard. If I were to send a postcard, they would know where I sent the postcard from, and they would come mm. and get me. Those pesky postmarks. How do we know that isn't why your house got raided in the first place? How do we know any of this is true, Aslo? I'm going to make a deception check, or whatever. The, or Chaba's good at this. Can we make sure he's telling the truth? Because, like, you're just, you're just <laughs> a pit of lies, Aslo. I'll use my empathic ability. 
to make an insight check about any humanoid <laughs> I can see. I can see you, Aslo. I get a 19. <laughs> you know I'm going to step into the role of the DM here. You just take a breather, Thane. Take a fiver. Shaba, you know that... <laughs> He's been resting for like 10 minutes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor Thane. Um, Shaba, you know that Aslo is in fact telling the truth. But how do we know that you didn't hire Gul'dan and Zestum to look like they were actually hunting you down? <laughs> if Shaba asks me that, I tell him that I did not do that, and you know that he is also telling the truth there. <laughs> yeah, and we also don't know if that woman died. I mean, like, none of your story adds up, and the whole, like, you can't play music, but you're a bard thing. I mean, I just, there's so many questions. Your past is, like, such a blank, empty hole. Trust me, there. I have a lot of questions, too. All right, Tokus? <laughs> I have a lot of questions about my past. I'm suffering from amnesia. <laughs> the main reason I'm here is to find out information about the people that I care about from back home in a way that is discreet, but hopefully not, like, creepy or weird, you know? Very well. Let us go see the great circus bear. <laughs> <laughs> but, like... How little do you care about us, Aslo? <sighs> you, you don't want to ask that question, Tokus. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I guess you just answered my question. It seems like you care more about those people that aren't even here right now versus us. I've spent the last, I don't know how long with you guys, just working with you and, you know, employing you and stuff. Yeah, I know. Every day feels like a year, doesn't it? Right, yeah. <laughs> Every day is like a vacation, like you just said, uh, Shabba, when you're with me. Aslo, I just need to know where your loyalty lies, okay? When we're in there, in one of these chambers, in this deep, dark cave that's filled with lots of scary things like stalactite monsters and dragons mm. and circus bears, oh my. kobold armies, let's say there's a door coming down, like closing, and like in that door that's coming down, kind of Indiana Jones style, are you going to slide under that door because underneath that door to the other side, there's the answer you seek versus staying with us to fight to the end in a chamber that's full of monsters. That's a good hypothetical. I like that. Asa, discuss. <laughs> Guys, I am here with you physically, and I am here with you in spirit. I'm not convinced. I think you'd go under. I think you'd slide right under that door and leave us to die. Well, there's only one way to find out, and that's to go through these doors in front of us and see if such a door exists on the other side. I just, I guess Tokus is just realizing, like, exactly what he is to Aslo. Nothing but an employee. Hmm. Mm. That's what Aslo's been telling you this whole time. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Aslo has made any bones about the fact that we are his employees and nothing more. So Tokus is going to take off his friendship face, and I'm going to put on my slaving over Ezric's man clothes face. You take off your happy wig and put on your sad wig? Yeah. <laughs> it used to be rainbow colored. Now it's just gray. Gray. I guess I'm just here for a paycheck. I, I thought I was adventuring with three friends. Well, two friends. And even that lacking of it. And now now I'm just adventuring with one friend, a nuisance. And an animal. One friend, one enemy, and one employer. Yeah, and my employer. <laughs> like, like Tokus's perception of this adventure has totally changed in this moment. <laughs> like, all right, where do you want us to go? Well, I say we, we go through the uh, through the double doors there. Okay. And Tokus is going to go push open the, op the double doors. 
like a good little manslave. <laughs> Passing through the next double doors, you find yourselves in an even larger chamber, filled with stone pews facing the far end. A few of the pews have been cracked or broken in pieces. Several columns are interspersed throughout the room, and open doors line the side walls, along with another set of double doors opposite you. You can see two doors in either wall to your side, and then the two doors in front of you. So it's like a sanctuary, but it's just more doors at the end. There's no, like, altar or anything at the front of the room. No. Uh, The pews stop before it goes all the way to the far wall or something, so there's probably an area where they could have been speaking from. Oh, I see. We're, we're still in business class. We got to go one more room to get to first the first class <laughs> section. You spot here and there a few dark stains on the floor. Yeah, it's that kind of religious ceremony. Um, <laughs> as far as you know, Embastille doesn't have any sort of... Self-flagellation rituals? Sacrifice or bloodletting or anything. Mm. Well, then what are those dark marks? We need to check it out. Take a sample, Tokus. Well, they're kind of sporadically around the whole area, but it seems like they're old bloodstains. Oh, they are bloodstains. Oh, no. What happened in this room, guys? Can we do, like, a religion check? Okay. All right. (laughs) Some non-religious things happen in this room. Well, I got a five. Anybody else care to try? I'm guessing it's not tied to the temple at all. This is stuff that's happened since it's been abandoned. Yeah, that's what I think. Oh, the blood happened after. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. How about uh, one of the old uh, investigations there, Tokus? Uh, okay, hopefully I roll better. Nope, still rolled poorly. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a nine. All right. How about a cave check on the blood? No. <laughs> yeah, you can tell that it's most of the blood stains here are probably decades old. Mm. Okay. All right, through the double doors at the front of the room, eh? Yes. That's where you want to go? Okay, let's do it. As we pass those side doors that are open, I just look to see what's on the other side. Okay, they're pretty far away, so you can't actually see very far into the room with your lights. Mm, Okay. Do we want to peer through those before we go through the double doors? Mm, No, I mean, if there's no, like, light coming through any of them or any evidence that they're... I mean, they're probably just going into other rooms, so let's just... I mean, I'm just worried we're, like, walking deeper and deeper into this place and then... Hordes of monsters are going to come through those side doors as we try to run away. That's okay. Let's just stay on the straight and narrow. Hmm. It's okay if hordes of monsters come after you. All right. Yeah. I mean, they're going to come after us whether we're at the door or not, right? You continue forward. Cautiously, of course. Of course. Hmm. You push open the doors and pass into another grand hall, though not quite as large as the previous two. Also wider than it is long. Two pillars in the form of giant dwarven statues flank a dais in the center of the room, atop of which is a small stone basin. At the opposite end of the room is a single massive stone door nearly 20 feet high. I think... I think this is it. Okay. Well, we're gonna stay here. Why don't you go check it out with your invisibility spell? Are the dwarves facing the basin with, like, circular holes in their mouths? As if water once had shot out of their mouths into the basin? (laughs) <laughs> or are, is it like that fountain in the money pit that old movie with Tom Hanks? <laughs> I had that thought too, but I wasn't going to say anything. Not like that. No, the two dwarves look like warriors, full armor and war hammers, and they're holding them out over the center basin and just kind of crossed hammers there. Tokus, I'm sorry that I, both of you, I'm sorry I've been holding, withholding that information. I have several people back home that I care very deeply about. My parents are still back home. I actually have a friend, a dwarven friend, who I was very good friends with in Bard's College, and I have not heard from him since I came here. And I do also have had, perhaps, 
a love interest. Hmm. What? You know who else is back home? Felmendor! <laughs> we all shake our fists at the sky. <laughs> the, the sky. camera zooms out. And Stripey's like... like <laughs> We've taught him well. <laughs> the priest instructed me that if I were to come down here into Ildrazer, pour holy water into this basin, that I would be able to see across the ocean how my loved ones are doing back home. Um, I suppose now is the time to find out. You almost forgot to buy holy water before we left. Maybe. I remember that now. Maybe You're like, I oh did, yeah, before we go, I buy holy water. <laughs> holy shnikes, we could have gone all this way without any holy water. <laughs> Man. The funny thing is that's totally something Brian would do. I'd get all the way there and be like, dang it, I forgot the holy water. <laughs> oh my gosh. Aslo, what about checking this room magically? I'll bet you the basin would detect as magical. Yeah, but, like, are other things magical, like, uh, those statues? Shaba notices this place does smell a little bit, like, hint of an animal smell. Hmm. As if hmm. some sort of creature frequents this area. This whole uh. temple kind of smells like that a little bit. So it seems like there could be something perhaps living in here, but you haven't seen any signs of it currently in the area. It's big enough to use the the water basin as, like, a... Like a drinking fountain. Like, well, I was going to say it washes its face there, but yeah, sure. Yeah, bird bath. I get down on all fours, my hands and knees, and I put my eye real close to the flagstone on the floor, and I'm like, there's a hair here. <laughs> a hair. And I pick it up, and I uh, roll it between my two fingers, and I sniff it, and I say, there's an animal here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it smells like... Oh, hold on, I'm getting something. It smells like circus bear. Oh, Definitely no. circus bear. <laughs> no. How do you know what a circus bear smells like, Shaba? They have a, they have a smell all unto their own. I was like, now I want to know about your backstory. <laughs> <laughs> I once used to be in a circus, guys. After I was no longer chief. Yeah, after I got kicked out of my tribe, I traveled with the circus for a short while. What, what, what was your act? Um, I whittled uh, stone in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, no wonder that didn't last long. Whittled stone. Yeah, that's that's why I didn't stay in the circus for very long. I was going to say, you just carried and set up this tent. <laughs> I don't have any reason to believe that this room would be trapped in any way. It's been here for a long time. Apparently yeah. there have been animals walking around. <laughs> Traps would have been set off. And the priest, I think, would have told me if there was anything else I needed to know. True. So you sure. guys keep watch. As if the priest has ever been here before. <laughs> he, I mean, he was dwarven. He might have been. I don't think we should just engage. You think that dwarf priest was tricking Aslo this whole time? No, I think it really will reveal him a, lo- a at least a loved one. I don't think that we're going to get in and out clean. Maybe Shaba, me, and Stripey go find a dark corner and use the dark stone. I don't know. Maybe you invisible your way to that and try to get a quick look and then run away. Well, after my short stint as a performer in the circus, they uh, relegated me to shovel duty, so I followed elephants around <laughs> with a shovel. So I do know the smell of uh, danger when I, when I smell it. Because <laughs> you always have to be watching out when you're following those elephants because it could just, at any moment, it could just... <laughs> so I'm with you, Tokus. I agree. I think there's something that's not quite right about this situation. Is there a strategic way that Chaba and I and, and Stripey could, like, look down those doorways as Aslo completes his ritual? Like, could we split up and, like, look down the hallways? 
splitting up is always dangerous, but you could try it. Well, let's not split up too, without... So let's stay within earshot, is what I'm saying. Let's stay within eye shot. How about that? Yeah, let's stay within like 10 foot reach of each other shot. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> All right, Tokus, if it'll make you feel better, we can scope out the room first. Okay. The basin room is pretty secure. There's only mm-hmm. the one way we came in and the huge door out. So we don't need to check the other doors. We just watch at the one that we came in. Man, I'm getting some bad, bad feeling about this. Seriously, I think we should check some of the smaller rooms before we do the encounter. But if it's only me that wants to do it, I don't want to force you guys to do it. I know, you, I know, Aslo, you really want to check out that fountain. I, I can understand why. I mean, I'm just thinking for myself for a moment, if I had the ability to take a glimpse at some of the people that I've lost, I definitely would probably take that chance. In fact, do you have some extra holy water? Maybe I can see them again. <laughs> I think anything that's going to come at us, it'll be forced to come through this door. Yeah. Or the or the doors across the room. But we also are forced to exit through said door should something go wrong. And I don't have another sleep file. But again, I don't think it's going to matter where we are if there's something else in here. Well, what is it harm for us to check at least the side rooms? I agree that we shouldn't open the big doors. What's it going to hurt for us to spend 20, 30 minutes checking those other rooms? Because I think this is the most defensible position in the whole place. We're, we're, if we go out there, we're opening ourselves up to being attacked from the rear or any other direction. Go into one of those huge rooms, uh, anything could come out of any of the other doors. But if we're encountering all this stuff that's potentially in those rooms individually, it's less of a danger than if Aslo triggering the fountain pulls all those rooms to us. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. Hmm. That's your funeral, Shaba. I think Aslo's <laughs> waited long enough for this moment that... I'm not trying to take it away from him. Let's do it. Let's let's blow this powder keg. Tokus <laughs> puts on his sword and shield. Rapier and shield. Yeah, I take out my bow. Yeah, I'll definitely have at least one sword in hand as I'm doing this as well. Aslo, I got a feeling you're only going to have a little bit of time to look through that thing. Uh-huh. Tokus gets ready to scan. Yeah, but at the same time, when you're done, let us know and we'll take a peek and see what we can see. If anything. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I actually, I would like to check on Mernie, so let me know if the fountain has multiple uses. <laughs> yeah, it would be sweet to have known, it would have been sweet to, to have known that this is what we were coming, so we could maybe have gotten our own vials of holy, holy water, water and yeah. taken a look for ourselves. <laughs> it's not like we don't have love, you know, important people yeah. to us that are far away that we can't see or anything. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. Tokus does technically have <laughs> at least one person in the world that's not dead. So No, you're right, Chaba. That's, I'm glad you let me know that you guys don't have anyone like that. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah definitely not. <laughs> Uh, All right, cool. Good. My conscience is clear now. (laughs) And with that said, Aslo approaches the fountain and draws from his bag the flask of holy water, slowly walking up the steps of the dais to the basin. Aslo uncorks the bottle, begins pouring, and his thoughts are towards this girl that he loves so much. And he begins to say her name, but then... He, he stops, and as it pours out, the desire to get revenge slowly overtakes his thoughts, and he says, Show me Felmendar. Shab is in the back, silently mouthing the words. You peer into the pool, waiting and praying for something to happen. A minute passes, and you suddenly see a ripple spread from the center of the fountain. As it expands, the surface of the water seems to reflect a scene entirely different from your present location. It is hazy at first, but soon comes into clearer focus. 
Despite your wish to see Felmendar, oddly enough, you first see Nelia, your love in all her elven beauty, sitting out of vanity, dressed in a performer's garb. Oh no. She gazes into the mirror. Perhaps it's just your imagination because you haven't seen her for so long, but you think you can sense a hint of sadness in her eyes. Then you begin to hear the sounds of a large crowd and a muffled voice yelling over them in the distance. There's a knock on a door. Nelia turns around and your view shifts to see the door open. Through it, you see the source of all your hardship and pain, the one to blame for all the misfortune that has befallen you. Felmendar. No! No, he he took your girl! He took your girl! What? What? No! No! worse than I feel. No! 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 How could this be? Oh, my worst fears realized. Is anything the matter, my lady? He asks. <laughs> the show is about to begin. We cannot leave them waiting. Nelia shakes her head. No, it is nothing. I must first finish my makeup, and I will be along presently. She turns back to the mirror. Felmendar moves up behind her and places his hands on her shoulders. He bends down and speaks softly into her ear. And what need have you of such things, when your beauty already captivates all those who merely glance upon your glorious visage? Nelia gives a slight smile, but makes no other response. Felmendar then quickly stands back up to his full height and walks to the door before pausing briefly. I look forward to tonight, he calls back. He then exits the room, closing the door behind him. As I was, like, twitching. (laughs) (laughs) You see a single tear flows from Nelia's eye as she brings her hands together, gently touching a ring she wears. A few seconds later, she shakes her head as if to dismiss a thought, wipes her eyes, and stands. Then, holding her chin high, she leaves the room, and the vision fades. (sighs) Betrayal. (laughs) Betrayal. 